Big dreams, big change. What do you want? You might dream of changing yourself, changing your life, or even changing the world. But to get there, you need the clues. Welcome to Success Left a Clue. From San Francisco to Singapore, this show is the result of a 15-year global journey into unlocking the secrets and living the dream. You're dreaming big, ready to be big? The clues are out there, and here's your guide. Author of the best-selling Success Left a Clue, Robert Raymond Riappel. Well, hello and welcome to Success Left a Clue, the weekly podcast where I deliver those little nuggets of information that I get from traveling around the world inspiring people, those clues to success and how you can use them in your day-to-day life. I am your host, this is Robert Raymond Riopel, and I want to welcome you to episode number 55. Today's episode is going to be called Creativity, the true way to make money. And here's the interesting, because it comes down to, and we're going to dive right into it today, how many of you have ever heard that saying that says, it takes money to make money? And ask yourself, how much do you believe that saying? Here's why I'm asking. See, to the level that you believe that saying that it takes money to make money, that's the level to which you're going to struggle and you're going to have a hard time moving forward trying to create more wealth in your life. Because that is just a belief. That is a negative, non-supportive belief that's been lodged in your head. And one of the things that I love to teach people, and this is why I decided to make it my clue today, to be able to do this podcast on, you know, the next couple weeks, this week and next week, we're going to talk about those clues, those beliefs, you know, how do you look at things and do you either turn it into lemons or do you turn it into lemonade? What do you do to make the decision to move forward? And so the way I like to look at it is it does not take money to make money. That's just a negative non-supportive belief, as I said, that people have bought into. From my experience, and look, okay, hang on, let's back up. (laughs) I used to believe that myself. So all the information I'm giving you, I'm coming from my own experience. So yeah, the reason I know people believe it is because I used to believe it as well. And then I realized and I learned that it actually takes creativity to make money. Not money to make money, but it takes creativity. And that creativity is the true way to actually make money. So let's kind of go into what I'm talking about and let's give you a real world example of that. As I travel around the world, one of the questions I get asked most often and you know the most common question is, okay, Robert, you talk about how you're in Domino's Pizza. You went from being a driver to being a manager and then all of a sudden you were able to buy not one, but your wife and you bought two stores and you did it with no money of your own. How did you do that? How did you become a franchisee and buy two businesses with no money of your own? Well, what's kind of cool, and that's the story I'm going to share with you on this episode, is I didn't even realize back then what I was doing. I just had the passion. You know, if you've been listening to my podcast, if you've seen me on stage, you know I have passion. You know it's my favorite word in the whole wide world. It's what I love. And so back then, here I am, 23 years of age, I just knew I wanted to be a franchisee, but I also knew I had no money in my bank account. So how did we go from being a manager, being having no money in our bank accounts, to owning two Domino's pizzas? Well, let me walk you through the creativity. So here we are. It's back, and it's 1991. Wow, 
91 is when I started as a manager. I moved from Red Deer, Alberta, to where I currently live, live now, a beautiful city called Calgary, Alberta. And my wife and I move up. I start managing. She becomes my assistant manager. We're managing for just over a year, coming up a year and a half. We are now qualified. I've, you know, Domino's Pizza, you can't just buy a franchise. One of the things that Tom Monahan did really, really well, in my belief, is the way he grew Domino's Pizza to be such a powerhouse the way it is, is that you couldn't just buy a franchise. You actually had to successfully manage a store for at least a year. And if you did that, meeting a lot of different criteria, you earned the right to be a franchisee. And at that point, once you qualified, you now actually, they would waive the upfront franchise fee and you would just pay royalties as you opened your own store or bought an existing store, whatever you decide to do. And that's why 95% of the franchisees, when my wife and I became franchisees, 95% of us were people that started as drivers. We started as drivers and we worked our way up. And it was a great way to really take Domino's Pizza from one store all the way up to, at the time, 6,000 pizza delivery stores around the world. And so here we are. I've now qualified to be a franchisee. And my wife and I are loving what we're doing and we know we want to be franchisees. And at that time, our franchisee, you know, we were managing one of his stores and then he had a second store on the other side of the city. He decided he was no longer enjoying Domino's Pizza. He wanted out. We wanted in. So that is a beautiful combination. And he wanted to sell the stores and we wanted to buy the store we were working in. But again, in the first part, we didn't believe we could do it because we didn't have any money. But of course, we did have that passion. And so... We started looking at, you know, we started talking to him, saying, we want to buy your stores. He wanted to know, and he says, look, let's make it happen. And we were looking and trying to figure out how we could do it. Well, the way that we started on this journey is we started learning. We started listening. We started finding out how do you buy a business? How do you buy a business? How do you buy a business? And we made a lot of mistakes. And so it took us about three, four, five months to actually learn how to talk to a bank properly, how to say the right things, how to really show the value in what we had and the knowledge we had. And so while we're doing this, one of the things that we did, and again, we didn't even realize, we lucked upon this, but because I've always been willing to put in sweat equity. You know, a lot of people, they're presented with opportunities all the time. And what do they do? They want to start at the top. They think they have an entitlement. They don't, they're not willing to kind of dive in wherever they can. Well, it's another kind of off-to-the-side clue that I was taught is that you begin anywhere. If you're going to take care of your family, you'd be willing to do whatever it takes. And so that's always been my mantra, and that's what we were doing. Well, our franchisee, he wanted out so bad, he was tired that the stores weren't doing as well as he wanted. He'd gone from one store that was making him a lot of money, and he thought the easiest way to expand was to take that one store and buy two stores. So he exchanged one store for two stores. And the two stores were doing half the sales of what is one store. So now he had double the overhead. And the stores did not pick up as quick as he thought that they would. And he ended up, you know, again, let's go to another. Oh, my goodness, this one's, this episode is just going to be full of a lot of different lessons. He went from one store, one overhead, doing really, really well, to all of a sudden, and all of his focus in that one store, to all of a sudden having two stores that were doing mediocre. His energy is now split. And he's not being able to give them the 100% he could. And that's one of the reasons they were struggling. He knew he wanted out. And so we actually 
out of the blue, don't know where it came from, but we said, look, why don't you sign a management contract with us, a management agreement? We'll actually take over operating the two stores. And even though you still own them, until we can buy you out, you are no longer responsible for any losses of the stores. We'll take on that headache. And until, you know, once we come to a deal and we are able to um, pay you out, we'll operate the stores, we'll be responsible for any losses. That'll free you up to go and do what you want to do as your next journey in your life. And he agreed and we signed this paperwork. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'll let you know, this was scary. This was a scary decision because not only, you know, were we now saying we're going to be responsible for all the losses, but we didn't have the money to cover the losses if we did have any, but we just knew it felt right. And so we took and stepped up our game. My brother-in-law, he started running the other store. We started running the store or kept running the store we were in. We were overseeing my brother-in-law's store and we were now doing whatever it took. We were running them lean. We were running them mean. We were running even longer hours than we had been. And so we didn't make huge money, but something interesting was happening. We are starting to put some money in the bank. So while we're doing this, we're also talking to all the different lenders. We're paying people that, you know, give us $1,000 and we'll find you someone to loan you the money. A lot of it was just, you know, wrong decisions on our part. But instead of playing the victims, we started to really take a look and learn. Okay, this one didn't work out. What did we learn? What are we going to do different? So we'd apply again to a different lender. Learn. Apply to a different one. Learn. Until after a few months, we had the courage and the confidence we went to the bank that we'd been dealing with. Our bank manager, who loved my wife and I, and here's another clue for you. Always have a great relationship with your bank. So we walk in and we're talking to her one day and she'd helped us buy our house um, a couple years earlier. And we explained what was going on and how, you know, we are so passionate about this. But the problem we we're running into is we couldn't get to see any bank, you know, business managers. She says, come with me. She took us by the hand, walked us across the, the branch of the bank to the business manager's office, walked in and said, look, I want to introduce you to Robert and Roxanne Riopel. They're great kids. You take care of them. See, this was the introduction we needed. And because we now had the confidence, now we knew what to say, how to say it. And we had this introduction that carried weight. We sat down with them. We explained them what we were looking for. He sent an evaluator to the two stores because they had to, if they're going to loan us money, they had to make sure that we had the assets to pay for it. And wouldn't you know, when they came back with the evaluation, we actually had enough assets that they were willing to lend us 100% of the purchase price that we were looking for. 100%. Now, of course, when it came to doing the official switchover, we still had to have money to pay for all the existing food that was in the store when the day we took over officially. We had to have you know, money for all of those extra costs. Well, ladies and gentlemen, because we had been actually working the stores and we had been responsible for any profits or losses, we actually had money now in the bank that was able to cover the almost $10,000 in um, products and stuff that were in the two stores. So we now had all the money and what it took it didn't take money to make that money. It took that creativity to make that money. And so we are now franchisees. And that started our journey for nine years of being Domino's Pizza franchisees. Lessons and lessons and lessons. You know, one of those times in my life 
even though I would never go back into, with what I know today, I would never go back into that kind of retail business because it is, a, it's, a, it's a grind. But we learned so much. At the age of 23, we became franchisees. And we're franchisees for nine years. The wealth of knowledge we learned in those nine years has helped us make who we are today. And it's that creativity. So and I've carried that into everything I do. So ask yourself, if you have that belief that it takes money to make money, is that belief limiting you or is it moving you forward? And I'm going to guarantee you it's limiting you because you don't think you can do things unless you find that money. So I want you to switch it around to owning and believing that it takes creativity to make money. And the moment you do, the moment you own it, the moment you really, really get it, watch how your life will change. So that's it. That's the episode for today. Creativity, the true way to make money. Now go out there and do it. So this is Robert Raymond Riopel for Success Left a Clue, episode number 55. I hope you enjoy it. Next week, we're going to touch back into this um, same, same kind of um, lesson, but from a different perspective. Thank you, everybody. I look forward to having you on that next podcast. You've been listening to Success Left a Clue with Robert Raymond Riopel. Are you moving closer to your dreams? Find further support in program notes and helpful links online at successleftaclue.com. Transform your dreams into reality. Join us again for the next episode of Success Left a Clue.